This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. How do we go from a beginner to intermediate to advanced jazz player in as little time as possible? Whether you are a beginner and you're just getting started into jazz or you're somewhere in the middle of the road, how do we get to that next level? Well, I'm going to go through in this episode exactly what I would do if I was starting from square one, right from the very beginning. What would I do to most efficiently, most quickly become a better jazz musician? No matter what instrument you play, it really doesn't matter. This could be a huge key for you and your long-term success as a jazz player. So let's dive right into this. I would encourage you to get out your notes and to really pay attention to this one because this one is going to be absolutely value-packed. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, He's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all about shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. So stoked to be here. This is a big one today, one that could have a huge impact on your jazz playing for years and years to come if you implement what I'm about to tell you. So I do want to sort of demand your attention today because this could be uh, absolutely powerful for you. Again, whether you're a beginner, like someone who is just kind of getting into the jazz world, maybe even just tasting it a little bit and going, hmm, I want to explore that a little bit more. Now, I'm not talking about a musician that doesn't know how to play their instrument yet, right? I mean, if you're still there and, and you don't know how to play basic chords on your guitar or you don't know where the notes are on your saxophone, let's get there first. Not that you can't jump into what I'm talking about today fairly quickly. In fact, a lot quicker than you may think. Did a podcast episode a while back about how to know whether you're ready to play jazz. So obviously make sure you're subscribed and you can go back to that episode later if that's you. But we're talking about folks that are just either at the very beginning of their journey or if you even consider yourself an intermediate jazz player, this is for you. Now let's really quickly uh, talk about this formula here because we're talking about beginner to intermediate to advance. So I would consider those three stages of your skill level as a jazz musician. And I think to talk about this, we do have to define what I mean by advanced first, because if that's, let's say, the end goal, what does that even mean, right? Uh, so advance is actually something that is very, very subjective, right? Like what does advance mean from one person to the next? For example, I would definitely consider myself an advanced jazz guitar player, but would I be as advanced as perhaps uh, Peter Bernstein, one of my jazz guitar heroes, or am I advanced as advanced as, uh, I don't know, George Benson or any of those people? Definitely not. Like, I mean, we're comparing myself to those people. Those are the jazz legends, the creme de la creme. You know, there's even some colleagues of mine that I would consider more advanced than me. So when we're talking about advanced, we want to think of it more in the frame of reference as how would I feel 
if I felt free to musically express myself over jazz standards and improvise and play authentic jazz language? Like, how would that feel? Not that when you get to this so-called advanced level that you'll feel completely happy or that you don't ever want to improve anymore because you finally reached the top of the mountain. Inevitably, you'll find that there is another peak to climb afterwards. But we're talking about a state in your playing where you feel fulfilled, where you feel energized, and and to some degree, you do feel satisfied with what you're able to play. So how do we get there? Like, Let's talk about that today. And I have very distinct steps. In fact, I have six different steps here on how to do that and get through this process if I was starting from the very beginning. Okay, quickly though, of course, today's podcast episode is sponsored by our very own LGS Inner Circle membership. This is where you get monthly jazz standard studies, you get courses and just every single resource you can imagine to improve your jazz playing with less time, to improve your jazz playing with less time. So I would highly recommend you check out this membership. You may hear me mentioning it a few times throughout the episode, just naturally, because a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here, our members are actively on the journey to doing, and they are making real tangible progress. So check it out at ljsinnercircle.com. Doesn't matter what instrument you play, it is for you. Uh, except for drummers, may not be the best fit for you. Other than that, you're good to go. So ljsinnercircle.com. Okay, let's jump right into this. Beginner to intermediate to advanced jazz player. Let's figure out how to do it. Okay, we're starting with beginner. Beginner, we're right at the beginning stages here. What do we do first? Okay, so the very first thing that we're going to do uh, is something that might seem obvious to you, but please stick with me here because uh, part of what I'm going to talk about here is actually pretty crucial. So um, step number one is to start listening to jazz. And likely, if you are at this stage, you're already listening to jazz in some capacity, okay? Um, So it's very unlikely that you would consider yourself a beginner jazz musician if you actually have not explored jazz to some degree. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be actually interested in it. So let's get a little bit more specific here. So obviously, we do want to be understanding the scope of jazz so that we understand it. Um, so that would be like, yes, of course, understanding like Louis Armstrong listening to the Hot Five and Hot Seven uh, sessions and you know, knowing who Miles Davis is and knowing who his band members were and what their albums are, knowing what bebop is, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, so on and so forth, right? Like understanding the scope of jazz history is important when we're doing listening just to get a good idea of things. But here's what I would really want you to focus on as a jazz beginner. Again, you probably have some exposure to jazz already and you kind of have been attracted to something about jazz. And so what I want you to do is I want you to listen to lots of of the jazz that you actually like, okay? Lots of the jazz that you actually like, okay? The reason you're going to do that is because um, one thing that you're going to notice here is that obviously this is not something that's going to happen overnight. You're not going to become an advanced jazz musician overnight. This is a long-term process, And if you think for one second that this is going to be something that's going to be really fast, like I mean, that's like, as in, I'm talking about like next month. No, that's not going to happen. We're talking about years of process here. But obviously, what I'm doing here for you today is 
making sure that we shorten this and get you there as quickly as quickly as possible, improving on weekly to monthly basis. Okay, so I want you to listen to lots of what you like because it's going to really motivate you. I mean, you're going to really start getting excited because you're going to want to sound like these jazz artists or this album or even the specific tunes that you're listening to. Now, on top of that, um, you're going to start really internalizing sounds that you like. And that's really what jazz is all about, is internalizing sounds, getting music that you want to play like, getting it into your head, into your subconscious, your subconscious internalizing it deeply. So um, I want you to listen to lots of music that you like so that you do get that motivation. You do start internalizing those sounds. And the other thing I want you to do, though, is make sure that you are focusing on uh, listening to jazz standards. For example, um, listening to lots of music that you like, like perhaps you're actually very into more modern jazz. When I say that, maybe you're a guitar player who loves Kurt Rosenwinkel or a saxophone player who loves Chris Potter and some of these amazing uh, New York jazz musicians and around the world. That's awesome. And again, focus on listening to lots of that stuff that you like because that's what you want to sound like and you, you want to do that, okay? But at the same time, you want to make sure that you're listening to lots of jazz standards. So sometimes modern jazz musicians aren't always playing jazz standards, but you can seek out sessions where they are playing jazz standards and you can also widen your listening gap a little bit further to include musicians that play lots of standards. You know, for me, getting started out, I was really into the whole hard bop thing. Like, I loved Art Blakey in the Jazz Messengers. I loved Hank Mobley. I loved uh, Sonny Stitt. Lots of saxophone player, Cannonball Adderley. I liked Wes Montgomery. Then later, I get into Jim Hall and some other people. And that was kind of that that really swinging post beboppy kind of sounding music that was what really got me energized right in the bluesy aspect of it like that energized me a lot and i liked that a lot so i was listening to lots of that music that naturally they were playing lots of jazz standards right so really important just start listening all the time to that music that's going to energize you everywhere you go right i mean religiously <laughs> just keep listening and listening and listening all right and you'll be surprised how far just that first step is going to get you as a beginner jazz musician, okay? So that's step number one. Just start listening to that music, all right? Okay, now obviously that we got the, the most obvious one out of the way. Now let's start digging in a little bit deeper. What's step number two as a beginner jazz musician? So step number two is you're going to learn a basic 12-bar blues, okay? A basic 12-bar blues. Now um, there's a different different forms of 12 bar blues. There's like just the classic one, four, five, but you know, um, we want to be learning what I would call a jazz blues, which has a few extra changes in it. Some two, five, one chord progressions in there, uh, a four chord to the sharp four diminished. And there's variations of, right. But I want to really focus first on the 12 bar blues before you learn any other tunes. I mean, again, this is like coming from the assumption that you don't know any tunes. You probably do know some, something, right. But let's back up anyways and go to 12-bar blues because the 12-bar blues is kind of the basis of where jazz came from. That's where jazz came from. It came out of the blues um, and yes, uh, you know, marching music and stuff, but really the blues. Like the blues is like cornerstone. And on top of that, the 12-bar blues is the most common form in jazz standards and jazz music. 
Uh, you cannot go a jazz album almost without hearing some form of a blues. You definitely can't go to a jazz gig without hearing some form of a blues. And on top of that, the 12-bar the blues is the perfect introduction to some of the most common chord progressions you're going to find, like a 2-5-1 chord progression, uh, movements to the four chord. Okay, so harmonically, it really is the form to study. And on top of that, if you're a beginner, 12 bars, it's only four times three bars. It is way more manageable than a 32-bar song form. So 12-bar blues. Now, here's what you're going to do with this 12-bar blues, Okay. You're going to learn one head. Okay, when I say head, I mean the melody. So um, pick any melody you like. Look up a list of blues heads. I guarantee you if you look, if you type in um, jazz blues heads list, you'll probably come up with a learn jazz standards list of blues heads. And pick one and obviously start listening to that head a lot. Now, this is where we want to start introducing ourselves to learning stuff by ear, learning music by ear, because what you're going to find is going to get you more uh, to the advanced level quicker is if you start learning aspects of jazz by ear. Super, super, super critical, especially when it comes to improvisation. Um, so what I always say is if there's anything that you should learn by ear, it's the head. So even if you've never learned music by ear before, this is your opportunity. And even if it's hard for you to do it first and it takes you longer to do it at first, um, it's going to pay off tenfold. So, uh, even if this is brand new, please do this. Now, if you have no idea how to actually do this, how to learn jazz standards by ear, I want you to get my free guide. It's called Learn Jazz Standards the Smart Way, and you can find it at learnjazzstandardsthesmartway.com, okay? learnjazzstandardsthesmartway.com, and I'll leave, a no- uh, I'll leave that in the show notes as well, but learnjazzstandardsthesmartway.com is my free guide, uh, five-step process for learning jazz standards by ear. Um, so definitely check that out because that's going to give you a, a massive unfair advantage when it comes to doing this and doing it the right way, okay? So, uh, so while you're going to learn ahead for your jazz blues. And then, of course, you're going to learn the chords. You can use a chord chart for that, no problem at all. But then you're going to take it into three different keys, okay? And the three keys that I want you to be able to play a 12-bar jazz blues in are concert B-flat major, concert F major, and concert G major. These are kind of three of the most common keys that you're going to find a jazz blues in. So not only are you going to really start understanding the chords in the form of a jazz blues, you're going to be taking it into common key centers that are going to come up in jazz a lot, and especially as far as jazz blues goes. So that's really critical. That means being able to play the chords and being able to play the head. If you're a saxophone player or a horn player, um, just playing the arpeggios of the chords. Uh, it's all also great too if you do have some piano skills or guitar playing skills to be able to do that as well. But head and the chords in three keys. Um, okay, the other thing you're going to do in three keys is you're going to map out the chord tones. Okay, you're going to map out the chord tones. No matter what instrument you play, map out the chord tones. Um, I do things called we do things called chord tone maps in our inner circle membership where we're playing up one set of chord tones for one chord, and then we go to the nearest chord tone of the next chord and connect it down. So we're not just playing arpeggios from the root on up, we're connecting them using voice leading so that we're getting used to connecting chords together. Um, The reason why I want you to do this and start getting used to doing chord tones is because when it comes to the secret sauce of how jazz musicians play really melodic solos that don't sound like they're playing scales, 
It's they have such a firm understanding of not only where the tones are on their instruments, but what it sounds like, okay? What it sounds like. So the more you're doing this, and when you take it into three keys, you're really going to hear what those chord tones are in a jazz blues, okay? So map out the chord tones. Um, the last thing uh, you want, I want you to do is I want you to compose your own solo over a 12-bar blues. Okay, super important. Compose your own solo. Compose your own solo, all right? So why would we compose a solo? Because you're thinking to yourself, well, Brent, like I'm trying to improvise here. So composing is um, sort of maybe what I was doing before. I was just, you know, figuring things out and, you know, not really improvising. Well, if we want to become good improvisers, composing is actually one of the best ways we can achieve that. Because what we can do is we can look at that blues head that we learned we can look at the chord tones that we mapped out. And then you probably have a few other tools in your tool chest. Like I could almost guarantee you, it's likely that if you're a beginner jazz player, that you have some grasp of what a minor pentatonic scale is or a blues scale. And so you kind of know some tools for playing quote unquote bluesy language. And those are fine to use. So now you have the chord tones, maybe a scale or two in your back pocket. You have a, a, a blues head that you can use to compose a solo. And you know it in three different keys. So you're pretty fluent at the chord changes. So you're literally going to plan it out. Uh, and you're, you're going to see this come up again. But you're going to plan out your solo over that 12-bar blues so that you really know it. You don't have to write it down or notate it. You just need to memorize it. So learn, like figure out a bar and then figure out the next bar, figure out the next bar and just make sure that you know it really well. So you are basically imagining what you wish you could improvise. And even if you think it doesn't sound good or it doesn't sound professional, it doesn't matter because this is a critical step towards starting to know what you like and what you don't like and transmitting the knowledge that you do have in your head onto your instrument. That way... We're going to keep building and building and building on this. Okay, so that's step number two is you're going to learn a basic 12-bar blues using all those steps that I just talked about. Now, this could take you a month, you know, two months. It could take you three months. And I'm not saying that you should only do this. Uh, you'll find that some of these steps I'm about to talk to you about will bleed together, especially as we move into the next one. But um, if you do just focus on this step for a decent amount of time so that you really know that jazz blues, it's going to have you set up for a lot of success moving forward. Okay. So let's move on to step number three. So step number three, uh, and we're still in the beginner stage here. We're, I still would consider us uh, a beginner right now for sure. And this next stage here is, is, is a big one. It's going to take you one year to get through this stage. Okay. And before you freak out, like, let's talk about it. But the the goal here is you're going to learn one jazz standard per month, okay? Um, you're going to learn one new jazz standard every 30, 31 days, okay? Um, now, this is huge. Now, And, and, and again, like you hear, this is going to take me one year to do. Um, just what I want you to keep your vision on is we're trying to go from beginner to intermediate to advance in the most efficient way possible. And I want you to keep your North Star to that music you're listening to, your favorite musicians and how they sound like, and that feeling of what would it feel like if I could 
li- be liberated, if I could play the music I'm hearing in my head, if I could play solos, if I could get up to a jam session and feel fearless, feel confident in improvising a solo in front of other people, what would that feel like? Well, you could have a lot of fun over course over the course of one year. It's not like when I'm talking about this stuff that it's a homework or it's a drag or it's boring. Like this should be fun and this can be fun. Um, and best of all, we can do this um, while practicing less, which we're going to talk a lot about um, in the very, very final step. So you got your jazz blues down and you're going to your very first month of your jazz standard. What is the first jazz standard you should learn? Okay, I'm going to give you your very first three jazz standards, and then we'll go from there. And if you know some of these, that's okay too. You can sub them out for some other ones. But the very first jazz standard I would want you to learn as a beginner is Autumn Leaves. Okay, the first tune, spend a whole month just on Autumn Leaves. And the reason Autumn Leaves is because it features the major 2-5-1 chord progression and the minor 2-5-1 chord progression. So harmonically, it's it's important because that's all that really is in the tune. And if you can master those two chord progressions, jazz just became like exponentially easier. So that's why I want to start with this one. And on top of that, too, the melody is pretty repetitive and easy. So it's not like it's kind of like you already learned the blues head. Now you're going to the autumn leaves melody. It's kind of like the next step up here. All right. So that's the first tune you're going to learn. Um, in month two, you're going to learn Blue Bossa. Okay, Blue Bossa is um, a bossa nova, first of all. So it's a straight eighth tune versus swing. So that's going to be helpful for you with jazz. Uh, on top of that, it's a, in a minor key. And you're going to learn kind of a bit about the minor blues too, because it the, kind of starts with a one chord and then it goes to the minor four chord. So Blue Bossa is the one you're going to study the second month. The third month, you're going to study a jazz standard called It Could Happen to You. Now, this one is um, definitely more difficult harmonically than the first two, but that's okay because you're learning some lessons uh, along the way. I mean, you're on your third month here. And so this one's going to really dive deep into one, six, two, five, one chord progressions, more two, five, one chord progressions, and a little bit of diminished chords in there. Okay. So you're going to learn those, those three. Um, now you may think to yourself, well, Brent, like, man, I don't like only one jazz standard a month. Maybe you're thinking the opposite. Maybe you're like, well, that's a lot. Um, but I think a lot of people are like, well, how am I going to become an advanced player quickly if I'm only learning one tune uh, uh, a month? Um, so the couple things there, now, number one is you're going to find actually that the less you practice, the more you're going to get out of it because it's sort of like if you're spreading yourself out too thin, you're not going to be that great at any one of them. Okay. For example, I learned 100 jazz standards in one year and wow, did that jumpstart my playing, but not in the ways you think it would. You'd think like, oh, he learned hundred jazz standards. He must be a master. Well, no, because I, I had, I was learning three new tunes a week, a week. Like that wasn't enough time for me to really dive deep into each one of those tunes. Like I learned a lot, but man, I think I would have gone even further if I only learned one jazz standard a month and really focused on that one jazz standard. Okay. So that's reason number one. Reason number two has to do with the the guidelines I want to share with you while you're going through each month of your jazz standard study. Okay. So guideline number one is you're going to learn the melody by ear. 
every time. Just commit yourself to that. Commit yourself to saying, no, I'm not going to learn the melody from a fake book or a piece of sheet music. And again, going back to why all the reasons I gave to you for the blues, like you have no idea how much this is going to help you if you just if you just accept that challenge, right? And even if it's hard for you at first, I, I promise you, and ask any of my inner circle members, I promise you it gets easier and easier. So please commit yourself to learning it the melody by ear. Okay. Also, you're going to continue mapping out the chord tones. Always map out the chord tones. Because again, the, the chord tones, if you're hearing those chord tones, if you can play them on your instrument, if you're familiar with them, then that is where you're going to start really start playing the quote-unquote changes is if you have that baseline knowledge. So always map out the, the chord tones, okay? The next guideline is to always learn some type of jazz language during that month over top of that tune, okay? Some type of jazz language. What do I mean by jazz language? So I mean um, either a lick Okay, a lick I would say is like one, like one to th- three bars, right? So it could be over a particular chord progression, and you could learn this off of a record by ear. That's always a really good idea, or you could use like an etude or a book that you have that has written out solos, something like that, where you could even read them. Only thing you want to do is memorize it, right? Don't just read it because reading is not the same as memorizing. Like you're not going to get very far as an improviser if you're just reading stuff off of a page. You need to memorize. So by ear is great, but just memorizing is most important. Um, But also this could mean learning, you know, half of a chorus of a jazz solo or an etude or a full chorus of a jazz solo or etude. Super important that every single month you're learning new jazz language because this is sort of like you're learning your vocabulary, right? You're, you're expanding your, your understanding of how jazz musicians speak to each other. And the only way we can really do that is simply by learning it and, and doing it over and over and over again. So remember, just memorize. Very important to memorize. Um, okay, and the, the, the third thing I want you to always do, um, or is it the third or the fourth? The fourth thing I want you to always do is I want you to compose something. Compose something over top of that jazz standard. Whether it be, again, a lick um, half a chorus of a solo or an entire chorus of a solo, right? Just compose it, like just memorize it. You don't have to, um, write it out. So it really depends like how much time you have to practice, right? If you don't have a lot of time to practice, one lick is a great month's work that you have really internalized. Okay. So the last thing is the last guideline. It's the fifth guideline is to record yourself, <laughs> this is so important. Record yourself. Ask any of my members, like record yourself. If you record yourself like at the end of the month and you're you're doing a couple things, you're marking your progress for how far you've come or what you've done so that you can listen back months and months later and see what you're doing, right? Like see how far you've come. But you're also kind of forcing a performance out of yourself, you're going to find that when you're recording yourself, you're way more critical. You're going to feel like, wow, I really have to know this super well. You may discover while you're trying to record yourself, you don't know something as well as you thought you did. So it's sort of simulating a performance environment, 
Okay, it's simulating a performance environment. So always record yourself. Now, um, members in my inner circle who do this, because we actually do learn a jazz standard every single month in our jazz standards club together as a community. Members who record themselves, I see get way further and get way more progress out of their jazz playing when they do this. In fact, we have a member named Eric who has been with us for over a year and he posted a recording a year before of him playing a tune called Song for My Father, which we were studying. And then a year later, he posted in our community a recording of him playing it now. And if you listen to it, you'll be blown away by how much progress he made. Like his tone was better. His jazz language was better. He was more confident. His rhythm was better. Everything was better, right? But he was one of those people where he he was showing up and recording and doing all the stuff. And guess what? He told me later he only spent 30 to 50 minutes, two to three times a week practicing. Sometimes it would be for sure three over holiday weekends, aka not a lot of practice time, right? So that's that's the kind of power and the way we can shorten our learning curve if we're doing these things that I'm telling you to do, as well as recording yourself, okay? Okay, so that's learning 12 new jazz standards over the course of one year. That is the biggest bang for your buck. And what's going to happen is by the end of that one year, you're going to have explored so many different harmonic contexts, right? And you're going to have experienced different ways to improvise. And and yeah, maybe you'll figure out like a, a cool new scale to play. Like notice how I'm not talking about scales yet. I'm just talking about learning tones and mapping out, uh, learning tunes and mapping out core tones and learning jazz language. Like that's what I'm talking about here, but you'll, you'll discover things like you'll discover things along the way. Like one year later, 12 jazz standards, the, the jazz standards are going to teach you everything you need to know. You just need to trust the process and do it. Now, we'll talk about, again, uh, at the end of this episode, how we can most efficiently do this so that you are practicing less, you're not wasting your time, you're able to achieve this. Okay, we'll talk about that at the end. But what I will say, though, is if you are one of those few rare people that have an ex- a lot more time to practice, like you are able to dedicate yourself to more practice, what should you do during this intermediate or beginner moving to intermediate phase? What I would tell you to do is, is keep deep diving in on the blues, um, deep dive in on it really hard, meaning be able to play the blues in all 12 keys. We do this in my Jazz Blues Accelerator course. It's in my Inner Circle membership. We learn 12, uh, t- we learn it all 12 keys. We learn three different etudes. We learn three different blues heads. We really deep dive really hard. We, do, we don't just do, we do guide tones as well, not just core tones. We do guide tones. We do scale maps. We do everything, right? Because we really are trying to get so deep in the blues because again, like I said, the blues is just like the cornerstone. So get the blues down really hard and that's going to sort of accelerate a lot of other things. That's only though if you have more time to practice um, or can dedicate an, uh, like one month during your year to really deep dive, right? You don't have to do it over the course of one year, you can just pick one month where you're like, it's my summer, I have extra time, I'm going to deep dive on the blues. So that's what I would suggest to do during this beginner to intermediate phase is just deep dive really hard on the blues. Okay, so at the end of this one year, um, and this is this is roughly a year, right? And maybe it might take you longer because maybe you'll miss a month. And that's okay too, right? You just just learn 12 standards, just, just you know, learn 12 standards. And whenever you're done that, you will have made a mile marker for yourself. At this point, 
um, after you've done the blues, you've been listening this whole time, and you've gone through this whole process, you're going to be roughly at what I would consider an intermediate level, okay? Now, again, intermediate is subjective, right? Intermediate is definitely subjective. Like, um, someone, one person's intermediate might be another person's advanced, or some person's intermediate might be another person's beginner. It really just depends on who you are. But if you have committed to this process, you will would be what I would consider an intermediate musician at this point. So now it's time to sort of start being in this intermediate zone and figuring out how do we get to the advanced level? Okay. How do we get to the advanced level? So what we're going to continue doing is we're, we're going to, again, spend another year learning another 12 jazz standards. And I, I know, again, that sounds maybe overwhelming or like, man, Brent, that's a long time from now. But again, like we're talking about getting to an advanced level. Like, would you, would you put, would you be willing to like spend uh, two or three years of your life, like to not only have fun doing this, but to get to a level where you're feeling liberated, where you're feeling satisfied and fulfilled with your jazz playing? Like, I mean, it's a very small investment, right? Especially when this is your hobby. Like, this is this is fun for you, right? It's not like it's not like like we're anyone's forcing you to do this. This is a, this is something that could be fun, right? So we're gonna learn another twelve jazz standards. But um, that aside, like this is just something you keep doing. So I don't need to really talk more about this. It's just learn more jazz standards and just keep doing it. But here is the real key thing, and this is step number four. You could be doing this step, by the way, while you're in the beginner to intermediate phase, but definitely when you're at the intermediate phase, like this should be one of the big focuses, okay? And that is to set up regular jam sessions and gigs for yourself. Like this is where you should be. If you're an intermediate player um, and you want to get to the advanced, right? Because that's the purpose. We're trying to go from intermediate to advanced. Set up regular jams and gigs for yourself, so what I mean by jams is you're not playing by yourself, okay? You're playing with at least one other person. So hopefully you have one other person somewhere in your circles that you can jam with. Like, for example, um, I had a guitar player buddy that I went to college with, and we would jam like every single night for hours, right? And you could also go to your local jam sessions, even if it's just once a month. You have to do this all the time, just once a month. Go to your local jam sessions. Um, if you're fortunate enough to be able to get a paying gig, perfect, especially if it's regular. Regular, regular is, is always the best. Um, get involved in doing that because A, you probably didn't start playing jazz because you wanted to play by yourself for forever. Although sometimes I do get emails from people that are like, yeah, all I want to do is play by myself with a backing track in a park, right? That's fine. But likely is you want to play with other people because that's sort of what jazz is about. It's a very communal style of music. So the goal is to jam and improvise with other people. So you have to start just doing that, right? Super, super important to do that. And the other big in impactful thing of having these regular jams and gigs and just playing with other people is in order for you to continually dive deeper into these standards that you're learning, you need to be playing them out with other people so that you're continuously playing them over and over again, right? So the tunes that like I know very well inside and out, and I feel the most natural playing over top of or improvising over where I feel super proud about my solos are tunes that like 
I've just playing, I've been playing for years and years and years at gigs and jam sessions. Now, again, like for me, I'm a professional jazz musician. You're not like I've obviously had way more opportunities to play live with other people than you have. And that's okay. You don't need to, you just need to have some time where you're doing that and you have to make it somewhat of a priority for yourself so that you're constantly reviewing tunes that you've learned so that you're constantly exploring new contexts so that, yeah, you're put into the, that performance atmosphere that's going to add a different dynamic to everything like you have to practice performing to get good at it like there's no other way like people who are like i get so nervous when i'm going to improvise or i get so nervous when i'm going to perform well of course you do until you get used to it or until you accept the vulnerability of improvising you're probably not going to ever get over that fear so you just kind of have to start diving in and doing it and the trial and error right i mean just improvising with somebody else and getting used to what it feels like to play with somebody else I mean, this is where the real lessons start coming in. Like you're the, 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 the homework was, was in the practice room by yourself. That was preparing you. Now you're in the environment where this is really going to start amplifying your learning. So by going and playing live with other people, you will 100% be improving much faster, okay? So it's okay if you're a beginner and you're like, hey, I'm not comfortable yet, just don't stay there for too long. And especially when you're trying to move from intermediate to advanced, which is what we're talking about right now, this needs to be a priority for you. So set up jams and set up gigs, and you're going to spend another year learning more jazz standards. Now, I want to just pause for a second really quickly to answer a question that I think could possibly come up for you. And that is, hey, well, what if I need to learn more tunes to be able to play at these jam sessions in these gigs than just 12? That's okay, right? I mean, sometimes you do have to just learn more tunes. But the other thing you could do is, let's just say if you have a, a, a jam session in your area and you notice them playing certain tunes over and over and over again, make your 12 tunes those tunes, right? And yeah, expedite the ones that are just essential that you need to learn and just kind of get the basics of being able to play them. But then spend one month on that tune at some point in your year schedule and get it down really, really good, okay? So we're spending another year, we're doing all the things. Now, a few things that, again, if you, we wanna get to the advanced level that, you're, that, that, that we wanna be thinking about is really diving deep a little bit more into learning the jazz language, right? So maybe when you're going from the beginner to intermediate stage, you were just learning a lick here or there. But now every once in a while during your month, I want you to learn like an entire chorus of a jazz solo. And I want you to be moving towards learning it by ear. Okay, because again, intermediate is where everybody gets stuck. <laughs> everybody gets stuck at intermediate. They're like beginner to intermediate, not that, not that hard to get there. Intermediate to advanced, much harder. So you have to up the ante a little bit, learn more jazz language and learn more by ear because the ear is what's really going to, again, it's sort of just like adding, you know, caffeine into the system. It's just going to amplify it. And that's what we want to do. We need to add fuel, fuel to the fire here. That's learning by ear. So add that to your regimen. Okay. Now here is uh, the fifth, before we go into how to sort of do all of this, 
with less practice time. So some tips going forward with your practicing during this process. We're going to go to sort of the the last the last pinnacle of where when we get to that advanced level, like these are the the things that you need to do to really get to the advanced level, okay? So that's step number five, and that is analyze the problem areas and attack. Analyze the problem areas and attack really, really hard. So again, you can and probably should be doing this at other phases in your journey, but especially when you're at the intermediate level, especially after you've been doing a lot of these things, this is really what's going to propel you into the advanced level. And that is to analyze those problem areas and attack. So for example, you're recording yourself, right? So you're going to listen to your recordings and you're going to be learning more jazz standards and you are going to discover areas that you're weak One that I hear a lot in my inner circle members, for example, that we work on together is time and rhythm. So you may even have some decent jazz lines, but you're dragging or you're rushing or you're just not always rhythmically nailing it, right? That means we have to really, really, really work on that and be intentional about that. So we need to work with a metronome, slow things way down. We need to take a backing track, slow things way down. We need to work on just playing quarter notes, like improvising. We need to work on just doing eighth notes. We need to work on just doing triplets. We need to just work on all these different things. We need to learn how to just work on rhythmic motifs and deep dive into attacking that problem. Time and rhythm is a big one because I hear this all the time in the intermediate players. Like The difference a lot of times is something just doesn't feel right, right? It's like when I listen to an advanced player, everything feels right, right? But with the intermediate player, It's like, ooh, that sounds pretty good, but something doesn't quite feel right. And a lot of times it's rhythm and time. It's just not locked in very nicely. It's just not connecting, right? Um, You know, you could play a bunch of wrong notes too, but if you're really playing in time and you're hitting your rhythms correctly, man, that will cover a whole world of sins. So that may be something that you need to really deep dive into. Uh, another one is like a song form. I talked about earlier, if you have more time to practice, you know, deep dive into the blues, like really deep dive into it. Because if you're deep diving into that song form and you know it so well inside and out, you know it better than just how much you could spend on one month learning a jazz standard, right? One month is a long time per se, but honestly, like it's not quite enough. Like you could spend one year on one jazz standard and deep dive into it and you'd be amazing at that jazz standard it's just that it's not that's not practical to do and also you're missing out on all the lessons from all the other jazz standards but you may find that you're just not good at the blues you need to deep dive into it or here's a classic one rhythm changes this is one that i would always recommend you put into your 12 jazz standards you're going to learn in a year is a rhythm changes tune you know based off of i got rhythm by george gershwin there's tons of bebop heads with rhythm changes rhythm changes is really hard it's probably the hardest song form for me to do and it's not just me because everybody i hear playing rhythm changes it's it's hard So maybe it's deep diving into rhythm changes. In our Inner Circle membership, we're going to come out with a Rhythm Changes Accelerator course for that very reason, so we can deep dive into that song form. So that's what you should be attacking. Um, Maybe when you're going through your recordings, you're realizing, hey, I just don't know what to play when I get to a 2-5-1 chord progression, (laughs) like, or I don't know what to play over this particular chord progression in this jazz standard. 
or man, when I when there's just one chord, like just a D7 chord for like two bars, I don't know what to play. Okay, great. That's a problem area. We need to figure that out. So then deep dive into that. Okay, let's learn as many different 251 licks from my favorite jazz musicians that I'm listening to over top of that chord progression. Okay, let's compose as many different ideas over top that 251 chord progression. Okay, let's uh, figure out what cool scales we could do over top of these static chords that might add some more flavor or interest. Like let's attack this problem, right? That's what the musicians who are advanced do. Even when they are advanced, that's what they do. They like practice the things that they suck at religiously. And before you know it, they're playing music on a higher level. And that's exactly what you're going to have to do to break free from your intermediate phase and get to your advanced one. Okay. So that's step number five, analyze problem areas and attack them. Okay, so now we're talking about some big picture stuff here, right? We're talking about some long-term projects here. We're talking about years right now, and that could seem overwhelming to you. Again, I want to emphasize that you should always be thinking about what will it feel like when I do get to the point where I feel more fulfilled in my jazz playing, where I feel like I'm not afraid to go to a jam session and just play and improvise. I'm not saying you're going to feel like you've arrived. Like I said, there's always another mountaintop, but how are you going to feel? And so you need to keep that long-term goal in mind, but also you need to realize that in order to do all this stuff, you don't have to practice for hours and hours and hours. I told you about my inner circle member, Eric, right? Who said he only practiced 30 to 50 minutes, two times a week, sometimes three times a week, you know, and give or take, sometimes he wouldn't practice at all, right? Cause he's on vacation. But it was pretty obvious that after one year, he had made some serious progress. So in other words, you don't have to practice a ton to improve quickly. So here are three things that I want you to do as you're going through these practice years from your beginning stages to your advanced stage. Okay, three things I want you to do. So number one is I need you to practice systematically. This is this is so critical. And if you listen to my podcast for a while, um, you hear me saying this all the time, and there's a good reason why I do. You want to practice systematically with a system, with a roadmap, with a framework in place. So for example, like in our inner circle membership, we have the Jazz Standards Club. That's where we learn one jazz standard a month. Now we have practice itineraries in there where it will break it down. Like, okay, week one, you're gonna week one practice session one. You're going to learn this part of the melody. Then you're going to learn this part of the melody here. Um, we have something called the Inner Circle Power Plan as well, where we learn one jazz standard in a month and only in 30-minute practice sessions, right? So we break it down into systems because that's if we, if, we, if we just look at the whole project, it's overwhelming. So we need to break it down into systems so that we can you know, accomplish a mini goal, build on top of that, accomplish more, accomplish more, accomplish more. Now we've accomplished an entire project, but we need to do it in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming because if we're overwhelmed, that's where we get demotivated and frustrated and we don't want to play anymore. And then we, our guitar or a saxophone or a piano is getting dusty and we don't, we forget about our vision. We forget about what we're trying to get after, right? So number one is you got to practice systematically. Um, whether you get help from uh, something like the inner circle, which is a great idea, or if you just create a system for yourself, you got to stick by that system and give it a real shot. Like I always say to myself, like, don't start something 
new that you seriously want to attain some sort of a goal without giving it at least a year of being true to it, right? Just just stick to your system for one year. And sure, you can make many adjustments along the way. If you're seeing something's not working, that's really important. But really, it's after that year, after working on your system, that you look back and you go, hey, what worked? What didn't work? What could be better? Or was this working at all, right? That's, that's what you do. So number one, practice with a system. Number two, know what you're practicing before you go into the practice room. So don't, this is a huge mistake. Don't pick up your guitar or your sax or your trumpet without actually knowing what you're going to do. Because I guarantee you, you're just going to start noodling on your instrument. Okay. You're, you're just going to start noodling on your instrument. Now, there's nothing wrong with noodling on your instrument and having some fun. I do it all the time. But the problem is a lot of us aren't making any progress and we're stuck at the intermediate phase or we're stuck at the beginner phase because we just keep playing the stuff that we're good at, right? We just keep, that's what we're doing. And we're not sticking with our system and, and figuring out where do we need to go next. So before you even pick up your instrument, just go, hey, I have 30 minutes to practice today. Hey, I have 45 minutes to practice today. What do I need to do in order to get from point A to point B, which is going to be my next practice session, right? Or what do I need to go from the beginning of this month to learning in the jazz standard at the end of this month? So what do I need to do at this practice session right now? You have to know what you need to do, okay? Because when we talk about practicing less, like a lot of us say we don't have time to practice. Well, that's not usually actually the truth. You do have time to practice. You just aren't, you're wasting your time practicing things that aren't actually making a difference. So you think that you have to practice for four hours or two hours, to gain some real progress where in reality, if you spend 30 minutes of focused practice actually working on the thing that's going to move the needle for you, hey, you probably have 30 minutes and you're going to reach your goals, right? So that's number two, know what before you start practicing. Okay. Number three is know how long before you start practicing. Know how long. Okay. And this kind of goes along with what I've been talking about here, which is Hey, if I know that I only have 30 minutes to practice, right? That means I probably need to spend all of my effort on this one thing, right? That the the what that I defined I was going to practice. If I have 1 hour to practice, and let's just say my goal is I want to learn the first 8 bars of the melody of this jazz standard, right? By ear. So that's my practice time. That means that the very first thing I should do in that practice session, other than maybe warming up your chops if you're a horn player and you want to avoid injury and stuff like that, is I'm just going to go straight into learning the first eight bars of the melody by ear. And guess what? When you're done doing that and you feel good about it for the day's work and you go, hey, I've got 20 more minutes to practice, by all means, put up the backing track and go to town, have fun, review, play, jam, all that stuff is still important too, but you got to get the heavy lifting done first. So if you know how long you have to practice, you know what you need to do first, then you know how much time you can spend working on other things. Does that make sense? Okay, so review of how to speed up our practicing, how to speed up our progress while practicing less is one, practice systematically. Two, know what you're practicing before you start practicing. Number three, know how long you're going to practice before you start practicing. My friends, this is a no BS approach to how to go from beginner to intermediate to advanced player. All right. This is this is it, guys. 
Like you may think there's there's some secret. There's we, there's got to be a music theory thing I got to learn. There's got to be this one special formula. No, this is it. Sustained practice over time creates results working on the things that actually make a difference, which I can pretty much guarantee you is exactly what I just told you. That's what most jazz musicians will tell you when they boil it all down, right? No fluff. This is what you need to do. Now, again, shameless plug for my Inner Circle membership. Like Doing all this stuff can be intimidating, but if you're doing it in a community with other people who are all doing the same thing, they're all recording each other themselves, they're commenting on their stuff, they're, they're, they're encouraging you, there is formulas and systems in place for you so you don't have to think about them. You have the resources, you have the jazz language handed to you to learn. Like When you have all this stuff, it makes it easy. And if you really want to make something easy and sustainable for yourself and actually make progress, you do have to make it simpler. So the Inner Circle membership, that's exactly what we do. We try to make it as simple and effective as possible for you. So Investing in the inner circle um, is a great idea. So check it out, lgsinnercircle.com. Highly recommend it. Would love to just invite you into our community to uh, start doing the things that we're doing every single month. Like we're already doing them. So just jump on board with us. Uh, We'd love to help you. Regardless, you know that you can do this yourself as well. Just take action because knowledge without action isn't really knowledge at all. So take action on this, get a plan in place. Let's go from beginner to intermediate to advanced jazz musicians. All right, that's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks for joining me today. Hope you found this episode really, really helpful. Again, lgsinnercircle.com. If you want to become a member with us, we'd love to have you. And uh, hey, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast if you've never done that before, wherever you listen to podcasts. And something that I'm really excited to share with you that we're actually starting up, starting this Friday from the, the time this episode comes out, is we're actually starting up an extra podcast episode each week. So we're doing two new two podcast episodes a week now. Um, and on Fridays, we're doing what we're calling a quick win podcast episode. Um, these are going to be episodes where not only will they be audio uh, podcasts, like the way you're listening to it now, but also we're doing videos of these podcast episodes too. So if you're in our Facebook group, um, every Friday, we're going to be posting the video of the podcast there, as well as, of course, on our website, learnjazzstandards.com. So you can definitely check that out. Um, but the great thing about these episodes is, whereas sometimes, like especially like today's episode, it's a little bit longer, um, I kind of take liberties to say more things, and sometimes they're big overarching concepts or even interviews with other musicians. These episodes are going to be fairly short. They're going to be five to 10 minutes mostly. And they're really just going to be uh, designed to really pack a punch and give you something very tangible to learn or to play, like whether it be a, a new jazz theory concept that you can put into action, whether it be literally a new lick that I teach you for you to apply jazz language, or whether it be... um a jazz standard deep dive that I want you to go into, right? Or a practice routine I want you to consider. Like we're going to really condense these down to the shorter episodes where, you know, if you don't have a lot of time to listen to the podcast, the long podcast, you can just get a lot of value really quick. So um, look forward to that. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, obviously. Quick win episode, first one coming up this Friday. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think it's going to be a really fun new uh, addition to the podcast. So check it out. All right. We'll see you this Friday. Until next time, happy practicing. 
Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.